Hello and welcome, ladies and gentlemen. We are back, week in, week out, episode eight, lucky number eight. Woo! <laughs> okay. Well, it's it's getting close. It's getting close to twenty-one. Someone sent me a message saying, uh, well done for completing episode seven. I, I don't know what the actual stat was. Top 10% of all podcasts, 850,000 podcasts, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, it's cool. I'm, I'm really loving it. It's something for me to commit to you know, every week commit to what's, what's here, what's present, what's happening in my life, what I want to talk about, what will I feel like people will benefit from, uh, and then sharing that. So yeah, just another little kind of kick up the butt for your ass. If you need some inspiration to go and create something and build something and do something like that slightly outside of the box. And yes, it will take time and yes, it will take effort, but where can you lean into your creative self? Whatever that looks like. You pick up a paintbrush, you go for a walk, you do a singing class, like you go and take some theater lessons. You do a workshop, you learn something like, you hang out with your nephew and you create a fun little game. Like where, where can you bring more of your creative self and, and actually share? The big thing here is to share. So many of us uh, consumers, like we're bred in this consumerism lifestyle. And if we can actually switch a consumerism to a creation, Instead of consuming, let's produce, right? Instead of consuming, let's create. Instead of consuming, let's build, let's share. These things I feel are really important for everyone around you, but most importantly, you. You've got innate gifts. You've got a spark inside of you that might need to be relit and relived. So yeah, I just want to start off by saying, if you're on the edge of doing something, do it. And it might as be as small as just posting on Instagram for some, for something, sharing something, a thought, and being completely unattached to how many likes or what it does or what it doesn't do or what it looks like or what it doesn't look like and, and going for it to share more of yourself. Okay, uh, what's present in my life at the moment? I just got back from the Hunter Valley, had a beautiful weekend with some friends and I, I, I've been to the Hunter Valley before, but just for a wedding, I, I feel like I haven't properly enjoyed what everyone talks about. I didn't go to all the wineries and do that sort of thing. I did go to a beautiful restaurant called um, Bistro Molinaise. It's a French restaurant, just the decor and the environment and the nature that was surrounding this place was incredible. I really felt like I was in Tuscany and it was magic. It was really magic. 
But why I'm talking about that and why I want to share about what happened over the weekend or, or the intention for the weekend. So I was getting together with a few friends and one of my uh, good friends also have done quite a bit of work inside his business, uh, Mr. Stephen Chapman, who is the CEO of a drink company called Shine. Uh, it's a fantastic company and recently he has exited out of that company and has transitioned into, well, something that is completely unknown for starters. And over the weekend, he wanted to solidify his eight-year journey building this thing from nothing. Literally, it was just an idea inside of his head and two or three guys getting together and brainstorming and then taking one step after another and then building a business and building a really great product that's in, you know, in Woolworths, in Coles, in 7-Elevens, in Caltexes. And they went from literally an idea to being, being, yeah, one of the fastest growing energy drinks in Australia. And that is a huge milestone. And uh, he wanted to wrap up that journey. It's a big, big journey for him. A lot of blood, sweat, and tears literally inside of those seven years. Many ups, many downs. And he wanted to solidify this moment, and he called this moment supernova. And he feels like he's walking into a an end of an era, but also start of a new one. And we all got together, and we celebrated... Uh, what was the seven years? I played a role inside that business over the last two years as a performance coach working with the teams. And he invited a bunch of other people that had impacted and had contributed in some way to that business over the seven years. And we cooked together, we ate together, we sat around the fire together, we burnt some photos and t-shirts that uh, were a part of the different stages of that business and we completed a circle and it was really for Steve but also for everyone that played a part and it got me thinking how easy it is to let life slip us by. Something that I'm incorporating and something that I'm bringing a lot more attention to in my life is intention and setting intention, whether it be a daily intention or a weekly intention or bringing in a, a particular type of energy that I want to emanate in my life and being intentional about my choices. Another thing that I've been thinking about is closing the loop on experiences or events or friendships that have entered our lives and then exited our lives at some in some way and this ability to reflect and close the loop on what was can be a really powerful way to come into the next journey or the next experience, the next chapter of your life. So I wanted to pose a question. What in your life has ended? 
but hasn't been fully closed. Like the loop hasn't been fully closed yet. And there's some things that are still open. Maybe there's some conversations that still need to be had or there's a ritual that you want to embody inside of closing that loop. There's a journal entry that you want to just write on. Whatever it is, like how can you close the loop with some sort of ritual or some sort of intention with what was in your life? So think back to those big milestones, those big uh, events that have come and gone, a change of career, an exit of a relationship, uh, a building of a business, uh, a new friendship or or a, a m- or multiple friendships that have come and gone in your life. What can you do to close that loop and then set the intention for what's new? What intention do you want to set for the future? So that's what that weekend was and it was a beautiful moment for me just to get out into nature as well. As soon as I started driving from Sydney out, uh, I got onto this beautiful road. I think the road's called Wollombi or Wombali or something like that. Uh, It's like the back road to the Hunter Valley and it it was really beautiful just to be in my car and to get on the road and to listen to some music and a podcast. And and I actually got quite emotional leaving Sydney. I could feel a lot of emotion welling up inside of me. And that was, that was just due to me realizing how important it is for me to have these spaces where I do come out of my environment. And I had one of these spaces for the fast, the six day water fast that I did a couple of weeks ago where I went to the Blue Mountains. And, you know, it's only been a short time since I've been back, but it's so easy just to come back into life, right? It's just so easy to kind of forget about where we were or what we created and just hop straight back into normal routine. And I feel it's very important to create these spaces in our lives where we do exit our routine, where we do change up the environment, uh, where we do do things with new people and create moments that are separate to what we know, what we're accustomed to, what feels comfortable, to actually set up a new environment. And beautiful things can flourish. Beautiful things can flourish from that experience. So for me, coming back, I just had a big realization that it's so important for me to touch base with nature and move out of Sydney and have that interaction in my life. The the second thing that I took from this weekend is, and you know, Steve often says this, to do things that you love with the people that you love. And it's such a powerful statement. What if we did, if we just chose to do the things that we love with the people that we love over and over and over again. I mean, that that sounds like a life well lived, in my opinion. So that was another, another reminder and a highlight. And the third was how important it is to share our voice in group or in community, but also create 
little rituals or routines like a check-in or a check-out when we're in these spaces. And if you don't know, if you haven't heard of what a check-in or check-out is, a check-in is basically when one, <laughs> or I mean, you could do this yourself. It's really great to check in solo, but let's just say you're with a group of people um, and you haven't seen each other for a while or you saw each other yesterday and a bunch of stuff happened and you come together again and you open up the space to have a check-in. And a check-in can have some structure behind it, aka, you know, how are you feeling at the moment or what's present in your life right now or what's challenging you or what's a struggle in your life right now or where would you like support in your life or what do you want to celebrate in your life? A check-in can really have many different uh, questions associated to it, but basically a check-in is just creating the sacred space inside of relationship or inside a group of relationships where you rock up and say, hey, before we get into the whole nuts and the bolts, let's just land, right? Let's just land inside of this space. Tell me how you're feeling. Tell me what's going on. Let's have a check-in. Just those words inside of a relationship can do wonders inside of a romantic relationship, inside of a friendship, inside of a business partnership. I mean, having a check-in is a real bedrock, a gold standard of creating connection and creating more presence inside of relationship. So something that came about over this weekend was how powerful it is to have a check-in and how powerful it is to have a check-out. So a check-in is like, hey, how you feeling? What's present in your life? Anything that you want to talk about before we just hang out, right? Before we just do whatever we plan to do. And a check-out is similar, but closing the loop. So whatever you experience, whatever you guys went through, before everyone leaves, right? Before everyone just like busts out and we kind of forget or we don't really solidify what went down, we say, hey, you want to check out? Let's have a check out. And a check out, it doesn't have to have any structure, right? But it can. And sometimes, you know, when I'm in coaching sessions or when I'm with people in group, I'll say, hey, let's just have a check out before everyone leaves, right? Let's just have a little check out. And I might say, hey, what's something that, what was a highlight of this experience or how are you feeling now or what's on your mind or um, is there anything left unsaid, right? And it doesn't have to, I don't like bring structure to sometimes these check-ins and check-outs because it can, it can be a bit daunting for people. Oh shit, there's a structure, you know, oh no, I've got to answer questions and people can feel overwhelmed or anxious. So not necessarily having any structure to it. Hey, let's just create the space to check out. Oh man, I had a great time. Like this was my highlight. I'm really glad that I got to have that conversation with that person. And I just want to say it's great being friends with you. I really appreciate this relationship. Bang, it's a checkout, you know? It can be really so simple, but creating that space inside of your relationships, inside of any relationship is really important. I also uh, highly recommend it for romantic partnership. Check in and check out with your partner. Like it's so easy just to like have 
all the spaces mumble jumbled into one and there's no sacred space. There's no drop in, there's no presence. So that was something that I took away from the weekend and, and just understanding how important it can be to check in and check out and get away from Sydney and get into nature and do things with people that I love and create good memories and to set intention and to close loops with events or experiences that have happened in the past. Okay, final thought for today. Something that I am reflecting on in my life is this relationship that I have with achievement. And I've recently opened up, <laughs> reopened up the book called The Tao Te Ching. And The Tao Te Ching, if you don't know it, is dubbed as one of the wisest books to ever be written in the history of this planet. And it is the second most translated book after the Bible. And it is written by a man named Lao Tzu. And Lao Tzu was named as the wisest man to ever live. They don't know much about him. They don't really know what he li- how he lived or where he lived or who his parents were. Um, he existed in the time of the Buddha, but wasn't didn't have the teachings or didn't have the established teachings like the Buddha did or even the disciples of the Buddha to pass on these teachings. And I go to this book from time to time to contemplate and to lean in on (laughs) really philosophy that makes no sense to the mind. The mind can't comprehend or understand the words of Lao Tzu in the Tao Te Ching. But I've reopened it again because I am listening to some stuff from Osho. And Osho was a very controversial uh, spiritual leader pretty much from the 1940s to the 1990s and had a big, big following that people would go to in the ashram and and listen to him and be a disciple of him. And he was quite big in America. And, you know, his story goes on and on and on. And I'm starting to listen to a few of his teachings, some of his recordings that he had done in the ashram. And he's a big fan of Lao Tzu. And he, he speaks, he preaches on Lao Tzu and some of the messages and the stories that are associated with him. And it got me thinking about reading the book again. And it's not a book that you read from start to finish. It really is a book that you can use a bit like an oracle, a bit like a um, a piece of wisdom that you can feel through, not think through. And something that Osho talks about is this relationship with achievement and desire. And, you know, Buddha will often say, or Buddha has said that desire is the root of all suffering. And I've been thinking about this um, because lately 
I've been wanting to achieve and wanting and have desire to achieve. And I feel like there's nothing wrong with this. It's as soon as we label that as bad, then it all comes crumbling down. But how can I have a relationship with desire and achievement that is rooted in unattachment? As soon as I become attached to achievement, to desire, it somewhat becomes problematic for me because my mind comes online and my mind wants to do everything in its power to get to that goal. And what often happens is that I forget about the journey. I forget about being present. I forget about really relaxing into my my gifts, relaxing into my way of being. And this is something that I'm leaning in on at the moment where I'm practicing, oh, there's the achievement, my mind, there's the desire to get to the goal. How can I let go of this? How can I become unattached to this? How can I really be aware and bring my attention to the present moment? That is something that's quite difficult. And it comes with a relaxation of the mind, a flow and an ease of my breath. And the more I become comfortable in the present moment, everything can exist around me as it would always exist, as it would always happen. It's already happened. How can I just let go of the outcome so I don't need to push or force my way to it? And I'm not talking about sitting on the couch and you know, not going after the things that you want in life and, you know, smoking weed all day and and just chilling. Like, I'm not necessarily talking about that. I mean, you can do that. (laughs) You can do whatever you want. But for me, it's how do I balance the two? How do I feel relaxed in this present moment? How do I move towards um, my my true being, my true expression in the world, and at the same time become unattached to wherever I need to go or the outcome that I need to hit or the push and the force to get there. And that is very, very, very difficult to do. And like I said before, it's a relaxation of the mind and a softening of the heart and a deepening of the breath. A relaxing of the mind, a softening of the heart, a deepening of the breath, and an all-knowing that exactly where I am right now is exactly where I need to be. So in saying that, I would like to read a passage from the Tao Te Ching. It's um, verse number two, poem number two. And it goes like this. And just to preface this, this won't make sense to the logical mind. Lao Tzu's writings are somewhat of a paradox. They're pretty much all rooted in paradox. And you won't understand this from a mind perspective. You have to feel it. And it it can often take years to feel something like his writings. So 
all the world knows is beauty. But if that becomes beautiful, this becomes ugly. All the world knows is good. But if that becomes good, this becomes bad. Have and have not create each other. Hard and easy produce each other. Long and short shape each other. High and low complete each other. Note and noise accompany each other. First and last follow each other. Sages therefore perform the effortless deeds and teach wordless lessons. They don't look after all the things that arise or depend on them as they develop or claim them when they reach perfection. And because they don't claim them, they are never without them. And here are some comments on that passage inside of this book here. This is uh, the Red Pine edition. What we call beautiful or ugly depends on our feelings. Nothing is necessarily beautiful or ugly until feelings make it so. But while feeling differ, but but why, but while feelings differ, they all come from our nature, and we all have the same nature. Hence, sages transform their feelings and return to their nature and thus become one again. The existence of things, the difficulty of of affairs, the size of forms, the magnitude of power, the pitch and clarity of sound, the sequence of position all involve contrasting pairs. When one is present, both are present. When one is absent, both is absent. Verse Number 22, the incomplete become the whole, the crooked become the straight, the hollow become full, the worn out become new, those with less become content, those with more become confused. Sages therefore hold onto one thing and use this to guide the world, not considering themselves they appear, not displaying themselves they shine. Not flattering themselves, they succeed. Not parading themselves, they lead. Because they don't compete, no one can compete against them. The ancients who said the incomplete become whole come close indeed. Becoming whole depends on this. And, you know, that might not make much sense to you. And it it doesn't really make much sense to me either from the mind. But... To me, I get essence and glimpses of what it means to live with this feeling of unattachment and what it means to live without force and without push and with joy and this ability to be content and I mean, I could just talk over and over and over again and, and still nothing will might or might not land for you. But it's important to just read and ponder and contemplate and just to feel the words. The best advice that I can give with reading this book is just to feel the words. Try not to make any sense of it. Um, it's a feeling. So I'm practicing that in my life at the moment feeling the desire to achieve, feeling the desire to get to the goal, feeling uh, even just the desire to set goals and 
strive for them. And there's nothing wrong with that. I don't want to create any judgment or comparison around striving for goals. You do you. But I have noticed when I strive and I focus on the goal, I often lose the essence of the journey. And to me, or at least what that does for me is put me into the future and take me out of the present. So where can you let go of where you think you need to be? And just be where you are. That's it, ladies and gentlemen. We are almost at a thousand downloads, which is pretty exciting. Uh, I think I'm at like 700 and something, which is great. And this is episode eight. So I don't know when we'll get there, but you know, considering that I'm unattached to any goals, <laughs> uh, and this whole podcast is literally all about that, then, um, I want to say thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for having ease on the end of this. I hope you find something from this episode and you can live and let go of where you think you need to be in life and just be really, really, really present and aware of where you are. That is how I'd like to wrap today. We're going to get some guests on soon. I'm in the process of sending out some messages and communicating to some people that I believe can really highlight their own healing journey and give insight on what it means to live a fulfilled and joyous life using their gifts in the world and creating places and spaces for people to become more of themselves. That is the type of guest that I'm looking for. And we're going to get them on. So all in all, lots of love episode eight it's a wrap and if you like the episode share it uh, if you haven't left a review that means the world to me please leave a review and keep commenting and sharing and supporting in whatever way you see fit may big big blessings come your way and may you live more present with more attention on the moment that you're in, not trying to get anywhere else or create anything else or be anyone else, but exactly who you are. Peace and love. Catch you on the flip side. Jay Franz, out. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Already.